And I really like, and this is just sort of a quick win for some people that are listening if they want to just play with this themselves. I really like for fat loss and muscle gains, starting out with a ratio of 30% protein, 50 to 60% fat, and then 10 to 20% carbs. I think 30% or more in carbohydrate gets to be too much for someone who maybe is just starting their strength training routine, maybe is just starting to move more. I keep the carbs a lot lower in the beginning. I like them at that 10%. And then we can move up from there. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad to see you here today. Okay, before we get going with today's episode, I want to let you know that for a limited time, we're offering 40% off all of my keto products. So this includes Keto Bundle, Keto Holiday Cookbook, Balanced Keto Meal Plans, Happy Keto Body, Six Week Keto Weight Loss. It's not applicable to one-on-one coaching. My blood work course is also $100 off, and my root cause group is only $1 for your first month. So to get all the details, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com. Once you're on that website, just click the top where it says shop in the green banner, and then you can peruse all the things that I've created over the years. The code is CYBER, that's capital C-Y-B-E-R, for 40% off six-week keto weight loss, happy keto body, keto bundle, keto holiday cookbook, balanced keto meal plans. And again, the blood work course is an instant $100 off and the root cause group is an instant $1 for your first month. And then it defaults over to $49 a month. So you can find out more details on this page including all of the things that you will get with each individual product. And if you're not sure which one is right for you, you can just send me an email. So the best way to send an email is once you go to healthfulpursuit.com and click up on that shop banner at the top in the green, there'll be like a little icon in the bottom, right? And you can click that and send me a message. If you're just not sure which product is right for you, I would love to help. Okay, so let's slide on over to today's episode. We're talking about protein. We're talking about muscle protein synthesis, basically how to lose fat, gain muscle at the same time, the tips, the tools, the strategies. We're talking about how much I dislike my aura ring for tracking steps, why tracking steps can be important. We're talking about macros and low carb diets and kind of the structure that you want to set for your low carb diet, depending on your goals. We are bringing in some nutritional detox conversations, strength training, maximum productivity and health. And lastly, because we are nearing the holidays, they're coming up really quick. You might be panicking. We're going to be talking about the holidays, how to manage and make smart choices throughout the holiday season. I'm joined by my friend, Kristen Rowell, who's a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and founder CEO of Energetically Efficient, a nutrition and lifestyle coaching and speaking business. Kristen is also a lawyer and a former business litigator who left her successful trial practice after she started meditating. She's run 25 marathons and is an IPE natural professional bodybuilder in the figure division. Kristen speaks with passion and energy all over the country about nutrition, health, mindset, motivation, energy, and other wellness-related topics. 
we had Kristen on the show many, many years ago, and it's just been so fun to watch her build her business. And she's just such a great communicator. I hope you really enjoy today's episode. You can connect with her by going to her website. It's energeticallyefficient.com and her Instagram. She posts really good reels and lives, and she's just really engaged. And her clear communication is just oh so welcomed in the space. So her Instagram is at mngoldengirl. Okay, let's cut to today's conversation with Kristen Rowell. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hey, Kristen, how's it going? I'm great, Leanne. How are you? I am so good. We were talking right before we started recording. It has been a hot minute since we've chatted on the podcast. I think the first time we had you on was like fall 2018. I think that's right. I was looking back also. I think it was 2018. You were one of my first podcasts because at the time I was still lawyering and then moving into this transition of this new career. So it's so fun. Oh my goodness. So much has changed. Five years. I feel like we look more fabulous. So that's great. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> what have you been up to? Like, tell us, I know I did like your official bio, but tell us a little bit about what lights you up and what you're doing now. Yeah. Awesome. So the, the short version, cause I could talk about that for an hour is I left the practice of law in June of 2019. And that really happened after in the fall of 2017, I started meditating. So I'm sure in the last episode, we talked all about meditation, but that was really the catalyst for me to realize I'm here to do something more than just lawyer. And I don't think lawyering is bad. I loved my work. I loved my partners. I loved my firm. And the reality is I just evolved out of it. So I got to that point in life where it's like my soul wants to do something different. And so that's when I started to make a change. I left the practice in 2019. I went back to school for nutritional therapy. And now I run a business. It's called Energetically Efficient. And I run a business from home, largely out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I'm based. But I have clients all around the country. I've had clients in other countries. And I speak at a lot of conferences around the country as well about nutrition, lifestyle, and all sorts of topics related to that. What's like your thing right now that you're really excited about educating others on? Like, what is that thing for you right now? Oh, gosh, if there's one thing, I'd say a couple things. One is food related and one isn't. So in the nutrition space, and I actually was going to record a reel about this this afternoon, I'm really interested in helping people understand, which is so nerdy, but just that the amino acid profile of the foods that we eat matters in terms of whether you can actually stimulate muscle protein synthesis and build muscle 
from the food that you eat. So not all protein is created equal. And I feel like there's such a misunderstanding about protein out there. So that's a huge one. And then separate from that, I've recently gotten into figuring out my human design. No idea whether you've ever explored this, but I'm kind of into it right now. So that's just something I'm doing fun on the side for me. Okay. Well, since I'm going to take the carrot and just go with the protein situation, what sorts of things are you learning? Because I, I just started supplementing with essential aminos probably about six months ago. Um, and incorporating them into my fasting, which I'm loving so much. I would love to know kind of what you have, like, what's your thing about protein? And how has it changed over the last five or 10 years? Because the 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 layout of protein within the keto low carb space has definitely taken a turn. And I'd love to hear what that progression like was for you. Yeah, so I've, I'd love first of all, that you started taking essential amino acids. I'm so happy to hear that. I think everyone should consider exploring them or like practicing with them and see how it feels in their body. So I took a bunch of them yesterday because I was fasting all day yesterday. And then I took them this morning before I went to the gym because I was fasting. So I go back and forth. I don't know what ones you take, but I go back and forth between Body Health brand, Perfect Amino Tablets, and then Keon Aminos. Those are the two that I found that I really enjoy. And I know they're both high quality. So the reason that I recommend them for people or ask them to consider experimenting with them is because when we consume protein, so when you consume a chicken breast, when you consume steak, when you consume peas, when you consume quinoa, when you consume a food that has protein in it, what you're actually eating that for in terms of how your physiology works is the amino acids that comprise that protein. So there are nine essential amino acids. There are 20 amino acids overall, but nine of them are essential. Some people say eight, some people say nine. It depends on whether you count histidine. I do. So it's nine. Okay. So there's nine essential amino acids. And what's really important is if you are someone who's interested in losing body fat and gaining lean muscle tissue, okay, which I always say those things can happen at the same time. I do this with my clients all the time. If that is one of your goals, we need to get you consuming protein or really the amino acids underneath the protein in an amount that is actually going to stimulate what's called muscle protein synthesis. So MPS or muscle protein synthesis is a thing that happens in our body. Okay. So it's a mechanism that happens in our body to actually create muscle. Obviously we need to strength train also in order to really build muscle. But if you want to preserve muscle and they've done a lot of research on this, if you want to preserve muscle or even build a little bit of muscle absent of resistant training, as long as you're eating quality amino acids, that stimulate muscle protein synthesis, you'll be able to do it. And this is true for women. They've done studies in women. I was just reviewing a study yesterday from 2020 where they compared a group of women and gave them whey protein to another group of women and they gave them collagen protein and they compared what that would do for muscle building and they used that group with resistance training and without. So they compared like what happens and by a landslide, the whey protein and strength training group gained the most lean muscle tissue as compared with the collagen and strength training group. And why is that? It's because collagen and whey protein have totally different amino acid profiles. So this is what I get excited about because people don't, they think that all protein is created equal and collagen has been such a buzzword in the last five plus years. But the truth is collagen doesn't have the necessary amino acids to stimulate muscle protein synthesis by itself. So on a client's meal plan, if I'm creating a meal plan and I put a protein shake on there, their protein shake is typically going to have at least one scoop of whey 
with one scoop of collagen because they balance each other out really well. And one way to think of it, Leanne, and this is what I tell people, many people have heard of what's called nose to tail carnivore or eating nose to tail. Nose to tail means you're eating the muscle meat, like the chicken breast, along with the organs, which is like the chicken liver, right? It means you're eating the entire animal. That is the same way you can think about when it comes to protein powders, whey protein, that's like the chicken breast and collagen, that's like the chicken liver. So those two things together can do wonders for our body because then we get the whole amino acid profile and I can dive deeper into the actual amino acids too. Yes, completely. As somebody who is actually allergic to everything dairy, when I started planning on building a ton of muscle, there weren't a lot of super great options, which is why I ended up with the aminos. Because you're right, the collagen, it's going to be lacking in tryptophan, though it's a great supplement. And like, I love that imagery of nose to tail. We want to include the collagen, but is collagen the number one protein? No, but it's a great supplement to what we're already doing. And so that's why I started looking into the essential aminos because I knew that there was no, though I do do bone broth protein and it has a better profile than just regular collagen, it's still not going to be as awesome as whey. And so, yeah, to kind of full circle around with the essential amino acids, understanding that the protein synthesis piece is so absolutely essential. And it's cool that you're kind of playing around with fasting and using it as well. That's something I've just started doing. Um, and I've liked the results so far, but yeah, couldn't agree with you more. I love that imagery. Now you mentioned something and I, I kind of want to detail it a little bit. You said losing fat and gaining muscle. Yes, people can do this. And so there is a misconception that you either lose fat or gain muscle. Um, in the biz, it might be called like bulking and cutting, and you can't do both at the same time. Can we go into what you see, why you say that this is the case that we can lose fat and gain muscle at the same time? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite topics. And I swear part of the reason I'm here is to dispel the myth that those can't happen at the same time. So I've done it personally for myself, but more importantly, I do it for all of my clients. And the key in being able to do that, and this is really how I hone in with my clients' macros and their lifestyle practices, is I'd say I'm going to put them in a bucket of five things, okay? Number one, they have to be consuming an adequate amount of protein that contains the adequate amount of essential amino acids. And so if they're willing to eat animal protein, which thankfully most of my clients are, if I can get them eating animal protein three to four times a day, where they're having at least 30 to 50 grams in each sitting, awesome. We can stimulate muscle protein synthesis. If you want to do really aggressive with that and do almost like a bodybuilding style diet, you could eat exactly 30 grams six times a day, something which gives you about 200 grams of protein. That's a lot for most people, but you could. So number one would be protein. Number two would be they have to be strength training. So strength training is key to building muscle. So I don't care if people are doing body weight exercise at home with push-ups and lunges and squats and those things that are super slow and controlled where you're actually breaking down your muscle tissue and you're creating the stimulus that causes you to get to what's called momentary muscle failure. That's a huge piece of it. So protein is number one. Strength training is number two. Number three, and I tell all my clients, we have to get you moving at least 10,000 steps a day. So my minimum every day is 15,000. 
So I use an aura ring to track it. And the reason I use an aura ring is compared to an Apple Watch or Garmin or Whoop or any other fandangled devices is because I like that it's minimally invasive. I like that I can sleep with it. I don't like having a lot of stuff on my wrists. It's just annoying to me. So tr- using some kind of device, even if you get an old school pedometer on Amazon, like anything that's going to allow you to know you're moving at least those 10,000 steps a day. So protein one, strength training two, the movement is three. And then four, just in terms of macros, all your macros are balanced. So I say that because it's not just about the protein. It's about knowing, okay, if I'm going to eat 150 to 200 grams of carbs today, which is obviously still considered essentially a lower carbohydrate lifestyle, because we know the average American eats over 300, then on that day, we have to titrate down the fat. And on the day that we're going to have low carb, where we're going to eat less than 50 carbs a day, we have to titrate up the fat. But protein is the thing that needs to remain constant and stay at that high number. And I recommend for most people who want to put on muscle and lose body fat, that they can do one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, if they're ex- if they have excessive weight to lose, I think of it as more pound one gram per one pound of ideal body weight, not their actual body weight if they have a lot of weight to lose, but somewhere in there works. And then I titrate the carbs and fat up or down to match. And for most people, because they've been living a carbohydrate fueled lifestyle for so long, I'm going to put them on pretty low carbs. So most of my clients in the first week, they're not eating even more than 30 grams of carbs. I'm tracking net carbs, of course. So it's probably closer to 50 total, but then I'll kind of bring it up from there and they're eating more fat just to get their body in that more ketogenic fat burning state over the first several weeks. And then we can play with the carbon fat ratio. But that would be number four is the overall macro balance and the calories in addition to what their protein is. And then lastly, five is I got to get them focusing on sleep because the reality is when we're in deep sleep, that is where we're building lean muscle tissue. It's not happening when you're at the gym struggling to do that last bicep curl or when you're really trying to get that last push up that you can't get and you fail. It's happening then when you're resting and sleeping. So making sure people are going to bed at a quality time, making sure they're using like blue light blocking glasses at night, having really good sleep hygiene, stopping eating, ideally at 7, 7.30, 8 at the latest uh, really helps. So all of those things, and I'm so sorry because I want to let you speak, Leanne, but all of those things together, I see client and client and client, client over and over and over again. I Because I have them do bod pods when they start with me and then bod pods halfway through it at the end, their body fat is coming down and their muscle is going up and it's so fun to watch. Yeah. I feel like we're totally twinning in our coaching because that's exactly what I do. And that non-exercise activity thermogenesis, when you're talking about the walking is so absolutely key. I do, I do want to pick your brain like on a personal one-on-one basis. So I got an aura ring and I was so pumped for this thing. You can see I am not wearing it because I cannot even handle how inaccurate the step counter is. So have you found it to be accurate? Because I have a pedometer on my phone and this thing, like I will be walking and it will count every step. I wear my aura and it's like 721. All of a sudden I'm at a hundred and my pedometer on my phone is like, no, you did 20 steps. So have you found this? So wait, was your aura ring staying more steps or less steps? Way more, like at least 30%, 30 to 50% more on a daily basis over six months to the point where I was like, this is not working. Okay. So I recently bought a pedometer. So I'm going to check it and get back to you because I will say I've had clients compare the aura ring to the Garmin 
And the aura ring does have more steps and it's like way more than the Garmin. So, I mean, I haven't actually tested it where I have it here, looked at my number and then took like 10 steps to see if it was actually 10, but I'll do that because I want it to be accurate. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I even find even when I'm working or when I'm talking, my arms are moving and it's counting my steps. I drove to Starbucks for a latte and it was like, congratulations, you did 300 steps. I'm like, sure didn't. I went through the drive-thru. I'm like, I was driving the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hysterical. And was your ring particularly tight? Or it was, loose or anything. It I just have had normal. it refitted. I have talked to Aura over and over and over again. I've worked with clients with Aura rings that also have Apple watches. And I've just determined the Aura ring counts too many steps. Like they didn't mean to make it a, a step counter. And they do something called like activity ratings, which is yes. less, they'll, they'll call it a step counter. But if you ask them, it's not actually steps. And okay, so I'm going to have to just. Go- I'll compare it to a pedometer because I am so militant about having my 15,000 every day, but maybe that means I'm actually getting only 10 (laughs) with a regular pedometer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that was a big thing for me because I noticed my goal is 13,000 a day. And when I switched from the aura 13,000 a day to the pedometer, I was like, okay, I got to like restructure my life. So I ended up having to get a treadmill for my stand up desk so I can get my steps in because that's like two and a half hours of walking. (laughs) For sure. Well, and here's the other thing that's really scary to me, if that's actually true. I have some clients who are, you know, big executive level, so busy with work, so chained to their desk. And I'll be on a Zoom with them. I remember this one CEO I was on a Zoom with last year and it was 630 at night. And she had the aura ring on. And I said, okay, I want to talk about your steps. And she's like, you're going to be mad at me. And I said, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm here to guide you. But what are you at? She was at like 3000 on the aura ring at 630 at night. And so I just looked at her very seriously. And I was like, listen, you're going to die at your desk. Like this is a lifestyle that you have created for yourself where you are so consumed with working. You have to be able to get outside and take walks. I mean, it snowed here last night in Minneapolis. I'm still outside in the snow with the dogs because our body, we are earth beings. We are with the rhythm of the earth and our eyes need to orient with the sun and say, oh, okay, it's one o'clock today. Must produce melatonin for this human in the few hours to help her get to sleep tonight. Like we have to register what time of day it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think one of the best things I've done is I get up pretty early. And the first thing I do is take my dog for an hour walk. And I listen to a podcast, I catch up on sermons. And it's just my little me time. And my dog loves it. I love it. It's one hour. And it feels like it's not one hour. And by the time I get home, it's only 630 or seven in the morning. I've watched the sunrise. I've had water like it it makes such a big difference to just my overall health. So I it's couldn't huge. agree with you more. I couldn't. And agree I guarantee you. that practice, Leon, that you have in the morning, I guarantee you it's helping you sleep better at night. Oh, yeah. My sleep it is. Now that's where the aura ring excels. I love tracking my sleep with it, but I take it off for the day because. And it's so funny because I have been ever since they came out with the beta version, I hate the sleep stats. I loved them. And now that they changed it, I feel like my deep sleep went in the tank. Yeah, they really did. Oh, it's so frustrating. I've emailed them. I've reached out to them. So that has been annoying for me. Yeah. Their customer service is not very good. Um, Okay. Moving on. So you mentioned a little bit ago about just macros and tracking I know that I've received a lot of messages on this. And so I like to ask guests that talk about this. Do you need to track? So many people have such a hard time with, can I just set the intention to eat 
lower fat or higher carb on days and then lower fat on those days and then higher fat? Like, can I just set the intention or is there a way that I can be more balanced around this tracking? Because I just don't have time to weigh all my food. Thoughts around this approach for this? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So it's such a good question, Leanne, because I get that it is complicated to do and it's annoying and frustrating for the very busy professional. And I tell people, I just asked you to consider doing it for a little while. I'm not saying you have to do it forever. Now I'm a nerd and I love data and I love weighing stuff. I happen to be one of those people that like, I'll weigh all my things in my meal. I weigh everything to the gram. I weigh how much onion, how much garlic, like I'm just specific and I want to make sure I know what nutrients I'm getting in my body. So I feel it like I get to rather than I have to. But if you come at it with the energy of you have to, it's going to be annoying. So I obviously, because clients hire me to do that for them, I'm planning their meals, tracking everything. But then they're, of course, responsible for weighing out the four ounces or the five ounces or the six ounces or whatever is in their serving, simply because I want to prove to them when you get that specific, you can lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time. Otherwise, we're guessing. And the reality of our modern American society today And I get that there are people from other parts of the world who listen to this too, but no matter where you are, for the most part, there are too many oversized portions of things, hyper palatable foods available. It's just so easy in our society to think that you know what you're eating when you're really not. So I always say like tests don't guess. So I really think that at least for a period of time until people know what five ounces versus eight ounces versus two ounces looks like of something, then you could kind of pull back the reins a little bit. But if your intention is fat loss, specifically, you really do need to track for a little while. And I mean, I I track consistently just because I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one, for sure. I really like numbers. I don't get triggered by it. I always find it fascinating. And a week, a week goes by and I'm like, what did I eat last week? I feel like something's different. And then I just look at my tracker. I'm like, look at that. Yeah, I increased the fat and didn't you know, so that that's helpful for me. But I know working one on one with clients that want to lose weight that don't want to track, it's really challenging. Like I, it is hard it for is. Me to and, help you. Well, and and I think it's really important for the person to ask themselves, why don't I want to track? And what kind of person am I in terms of how honest can I be with myself? I mean, one of my clients said to me yesterday on Zoom, he's like, I haven't been tracking. And the reality is it's because I'm hiding what I'm eating. And I said, that's perfect recognition. And by the way, I do it too. If I go a couple days on vacation and I don't track, I promise you I've eaten more and not the right stuff because it's like, oh, caution to the wind. I'm not tracking. I hide from myself too. I think for some of us, it's human nature to just want to be able to quote unquote, get away with it. And it's like, you're not really getting away with anything. I tell clients, put in the 10 French fries, put in the beer or the vodka. If you drink, put that in chronometer so that you can see, oh, okay. So I actually can have a few of my kids French fries once in a while, and it's not going to break the bank for what I ate today. And they actually feel more empowered because it's almost like this. I'm sure you've heard the saying with discipline comes freedom. And I very much believe that like when we actually get really disciplined about what we do, it's like, oh, there's so much more latitude in here than I even realized. And so I think it can it can be something you can learn to love if you do it. Yes, completely. If you're looking to upgrade your living space with cozy bedding, bath and accessories, check out CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature regulating and incredibly soft. If you like silky smooth sheets, this set is for you. Their site is filled with luxury bedding essentials that add a classic charm to your bedroom space. 
premium bedding, cozy reading blankets, comforters, linen duvet covers, and more. Plus, they offer a 10-year warranty on all of their items on all defects except for discoloration. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners only, up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code KETO at CozyEarth.com. Again, that's CozyEarth.com and use the code KETO for up to 35% off your order. There was another piece that you mentioned on carbohydrates where you said, uh, realistically, most Americans are getting more than 300 grams of carbs. There's this new Starbucks drink out right now, and apparently it has 70 grams of sugar in it all. So there's that. Um, but we oh. won't go there. It's like oh. some pumpkin. Uh-huh. Have you seen there's that? one. Well, I will tell you, because I went crazy with some Starbucks stuff the other day. So I saw on, yes, here it was. The pumpkin spice latte, if you get a large, it has 63 grams of sugar and 65 carbs. At a caribou coffee here, there's a campfire mocha that has 146 grams of sugar and 156 carbs. And And at Dunkin' Donuts, there's a butter pecan crunch frozen coffee. It has 199 grams of sugar and 210 carbs in a coffee. Can you imagine? I would be a total wreck. (laughs) Same. And I'm thinking whoever's consuming that stuff while they are drinking that is the best part of their day. Their day goes complete to shit after that. I can't even imagine. And so like what we would consider low carb, I get this a lot because this is a keto diet podcast. I eat anywhere between 100 to 200 grams of carbs, usually closer to the 200 because I have 13,000 steps and I'm working out two hours a day. But what do you consider a low carb diet and how do you structure that in your own approach? Yeah. So I usually tell clients that I recommend between 50 on the low end, unless they want to go zero carb for some reason, and 150 on the high end. And I will say full disclosure on that, Leanne, ours are probably pretty aligned because I use chronometer, which defaults to net carbs. So right now I'm using chronometer during this cleanse that I'm doing and I'm tracking total carbs because I'm eating a tremendous amount of fiber and beans and other things. And right now, even on what I would consider the highest carb days that I have, I'm at like 150 carbs total, not net. And that feels very satiating to me and good because then I titrate my fat down when I have that much carbohydrate. And it's all about then how do you make the total calories work? And people say, well, calories really don't matter for fat loss. They do. They really do. (laughs) You really have to keep them within a guide in some guardrails. So what I do is I have my clients first get a bod pod and then I use either chronometer or the Mifflin St. Gior equation or something to figure out what is their resting metabolic rate. I do have some clients that go and get a resting metabolic rate test, which is great because just I'm sure you've your audience knows this, but just for a recap, resting metabolic rate is if I laid in bed all day and I didn't get up, I didn't brush my teeth, I didn't pee, I didn't blink, how many calories would I burn just at rest? And so that's your resting metabolic rate. And for most women who I see get tested, they are somewhere between about 1100 on the low end. And depending on their size, if they're a bigger female starting with me and they have a lot of weight to lose, they could be up to as much as 2000. But most women are somewhere between 1100 and I'd say... 1400 or something for the resting metabolic rate. And so then I add typically for fat loss, I add somewhere between 200 and 300 calories to their day from that number and make sure it's at least 30% of those calories are coming from protein. And then it might be the carbs or the fat go up. And I really like, and this is just sort of a quick win for some people that are listening, if they want to just play with this themselves, 
I really like for fat loss and muscle gains, starting out with a ratio of 30% protein, 50 to 60% fat, and then 10 to 20% carbs. I think 30% or more in carbohydrate gets to be too much for someone who maybe is just starting their strength training routine, maybe is just starting to move more. I keep the carbs a lot lower in the beginning. I like them at that 10%. And then we can move up from there. I don't know if you feel that way about it. Um, so many of my clients end up working on macros with me once we've gone through a ton of root causes. So clients are coming to me with like parasite issues, mold illness, heavy metal toxicity. And really the last thing on our minds is weight loss. We need to get this stuff out of the body. And that is not the time to keep calories low or even work out. A lot of the times they can't even get out of bed. And so we, it's a win if you go to the grocery store. So that's our goal. Usually for at least six months, sometimes even two to three years before we get into the macro stuff. So by the time we are adjusting macros, going to the gym, building muscle, I have a very good idea of whether or not they're more carbohydrate burners, like a slow oxidation rate, or if they're a fast oxidation and require more fats and less carbohydrates. And so I would say 80% of my clients are more in a slow oxidation state, meaning that they're going to thrive more on carbohydrates and lowered fats than on the opposite of high fat carbohydrate, like low carbohydrates. So if I get a fast oxidizer and they have done testing with me and they're in mold, I'm going to recommend a ketogenic diet right off the bat and they're going to be doing that. So it really depends on the individual, but oftentimes I don't even know if I've had a client come directly to me for macros only. I, I can't think of one. I think it's always, let's get started with the root causes, see how your body responds. And then when we're ready to lose weight, I have a good sense of where they need to be. And yeah, I would say maybe 20% of them are on a ketogenic diet, like strict ketogenic diet. And the rest of them are kind of anywhere between, like you said, 50 up to about 200 grams of carbs, depending on their activity. I would say I'm more 50 to 150 also. It's pretty rare that I go beyond the 200. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I... I, I heard and what you shared is it just so much comes down to the bio individuality yeah. of each person, you know, yes. I mean, it's so important because you're right. I have some people who, when they start with me, they're in such a high fight or flight stress state that there's no way I'm introducing intermittent fasting into their lifestyle. There's no way, you know, so, so those people need more carbohydrate, more calming, like macronutrients. And then the other thing is because I run this cleanse every quarter and I do this detox, I get most of my clients doing a cleanse at some point, and that's going to be more fiber and more carbohydrates. And then it just totally changes their gut microbiome because so many people are doing this really, really, really high fat And then they're having like loose stools all day long and they aren't realizing that, wait a second, I might need to actually give my body more of the raw materials to create the short chain fatty acids, to create butyrate, to have like a better cocktail in my microbiome, so to speak, to be able to make my digestive system work better. Yes, completely. I I do a lot of GI maps from diagnostic solutions in my practice and the amount of individuals who have low friendly bacteria, specifically acromantia, I see low a lot due to their strict low carbohydrate diets for really, really long time. Ultimately, yes. that's going to affect our mucosal health. And it's going to actually cause food sensitivities because there's not enough mucosal health to protect the gut. And so I agree with you that titration and that really leads me to the next piece because you've been talking about cleanses and nutritional cleanses. I wanted to kind of pick your brain and unpack that that a little bit. Like, what do you mean by a detox? It sounds like you use food 
are you using like other things or is this like a food detox? Why is it important? Tell us all the things. Yes. I love this question. So I did my first detox over 20 years ago and it was because a friend of mine and I decided to do our first cleanse. I am not a fan of juice cleanses. So I would never say go drink juice for four or five days because I think that's like wreaks havoc on your blood sugar and it would make you miserable. And it's a quick way to feel like absolute garbage. So what I teach in my course is we have essentially two phases. There's more than two phases, but the two primary phases of detoxification are pathways. And there are foods and nutrients. There's nutrients in foods that we consume that can support those pathways. And then there's foods that can block and interrupt those pathways. So during this cleanse, you are taking out gluten, dairy, soy protein isolates, any sort of mold on any fruit whatsoever, alcohol, caffeine. That's the hardest part for most people is they have to give up the coffee because it interferes with your detox phase one pathway. So I take those things out and then there's a ton of categories in the yes foods, the things that they have to eat. So these would be our dark leafy greens, our cruciferous vegetables, our citrus, our sulfur foods to support the sulfation pathway. We have to have the colon cleansing foods. There's liver healing foods. It's sort of a mishmash and then leave proteins and just minimal on the fats. And the reason we're minimal on the fat is because of course our liver, which is one of the hardest working organs in our body, has to process all of our fat on top of all the toxicity in our body. So while we're giving our liver some love and making sure it's releasing as much of that toxicity as it can, we're also not putting a lot of extra fat on it to just give it a break. We also include beans. I'm really into beans when I cleanse. Right? They're like the highest soluble fat. Cannellini beans. These are, I am obsessed with them right now. Okay. So Whole Foods has a 365 generic brand that's an organic bean trio. Uh And so it's like Pinto, Kidney, and I think Cannellini. It's three different colors, which I love because then I get all of them. But I love them. I had a half cup already today. I love them. I I eat at least a half a cup a day. I I love beans. I never could eat beans before. Like it would annihilate my gut, but yeah. All and so healing. are you at the point now because you're healing and you eat them all the time that it doesn't give you tremendous gas? No, and no problems at all. That's exactly me. And I used to, when I started the bean thing years ago, it was like horrible gas, horrible bloating. It's so bad. You know what I love doing for clients that have that experience? I call them bean pills. So they get like a thing of beans and we're going to like rinse them and then put them on a parchment paper and put them in the freezer. And once a day, you're going to have your bean pills. So we're going to start off with one bean and then two bean and then three beans. It's really fun. Um, and then we get you up to a half a cup and oh, beans. They're so good. It's like the highest soluble fiber food. And if people have never heard of the bean queen, Karen Hurd, have you heard of her? No. She's amazing. I will send you this podcast episode ever after, which I just love of hers. But she's been interviewed on all the podcast circuits and she talks about essentially, and I don't want to give away her story, but she essentially healed her daughter from a massive toxicity poisoning from cleaning that they had of carpet beetles in their home through using beans. It was unbelievable. Her name's Karen Hurd, H-U-R-D. But if you put her name in on Apple Podcasts, you'll find a bunch of episodes with her. She's very good. So we incorporate that. We also incorporate organic, unsweetened, not from concentrate cranberry juice in just small doses because cranberry is such a good diuretic and it's so anti-cancer. So there's that component of it. But we really work on for the first, and this is, this is I modeled this course off of a lot of detoxification principles that I learned 20 years ago from the talented Anne Louise Gittleman. I just love her. And then I also took nutritional detoxification and nutritional therapy school. And so the combination of that and everything that I've learned about detox, I feel like 
so few people ever take the time to get all of the noise out of their diet and just focus on all real foods. We can't have protein bars. You can have protein shakes because, of course, we need essential amino acids to support our phase two detoxification pathways because you are pummeling glutathione. You're going through glutathione so much during detox. So we need to have that methionine, that cysteine, all of those amino acids to be able to support the detox. So I do think protein powder is okay. And then, like I mentioned, lean protein. So it's a comprehensive two-week course and cleanse that I walk people through with daily videos. And I just, I love it. I do it every quarter. That's awesome. And the cranberry juice too is a really good biofilm buster. Do you know this? So I don't think I knew that about cranberry. Oh, That's yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I use it in my parasite protocols all the time if people That's just want amazing. a lower supplement count. So it'll also bust through biofilm. So I take two, I take two NAC every day. I used to take one when COVID started, but I take two every day because I've read that NAC is also going to bust through biofilms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Up to 1800 milligrams. So you could probably even do three if you wanted. (laughs) Totally. Cause I'm taking a thousand a day right now, but I'm like biofilm be gone. I was in Peru and Bolivia just a week or two ago. And one of the nights there I ate something, whether it was sushi, right. And it was vomiting and diarrhea all night. I was like, okay, Oh, yes. And so here we go, starting all over again. So it's like rehabbing the gut. But I knew something got into me. And I had brought my HCL with me. I brought my digestive enzymes. I brought Para 3. Like I really thought I had brought all the things. I was taking Para 1 from Cellcor. So I had, I, I feel like I'm pretty much recovered. But, you know, it's always a journey after you have an exposure like that. It's for, It takes a long time. It's so true. So when I was diagnosed with a really serious parasite that was like attacking my liver and slowly killing me, not a fun time in my life. I started with antimicrobials. I ended up having to do medications and stuff like that. But I decided that I would never have sushi again and ever like no raw fish ever. And anytime we go on like a holiday or whatever, I'll take my antimicrobials with me. I was on a cruise last year and I, I don't know what I ordered, but it came out different and it was raw meat. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. I'm on my antimicrobials. I was passing worms the rest of the trip. I had killed those, those dudes. But my husband and I recently uh, went up north and I wanted a sushi bowl. I was just like craving a good old sushi bowl. And I had it and I was like, I didn't bring my antimicrobials. What was I thinking? And I was like, you know what? I just need to like release this. It's okay. It'll be fine. I felt fine. But yeah, uh, you know, when you had the parasite that almost killed you, was that do you think it was from sushi or do you know? Uh, so it was Intamoeba histolytica. I got it on a trip uh, to Dominican in 2012. I We were fine the entire trip, but when we got to the airport, we got an apple and it was wrapped in like plastic. So we didn't think anything of it, but we both shared it. And halfway through the trip on the plane, both of us got very ill. Like both of us were in the bathroom the rest of the the flight. It was terrible. We ended up having to delay our next flight and we stayed in Montreal at the ho- at, at a hotel there fighting over the bathroom. And that's where I got Intamoeba histolytica. Oh yeah. my God, that is so bad. So and then you bad. didn't discover it until years later. I mean, yeah, it was eight years, yeah. eight yeah. years of, of just like looking back now as a practitioner that does this, there were so many signs. There were so many clues then I got exposed to mold in a condo. And then there were so many signs and so many clues, but I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't educated on this and I didn't have a practitioner that understood. 
what was going on. But now kind of looking through my past, I'm like, of course, I got a parasite because initially, right after that, I started having all these sensitivities and I had all these liver problems and gallbladder issues. And it happened within the course of six months after that trip, it all started. And so, of course, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And that's why we do what we do, right? It is. I was <laughs> going to say, I just to try it, I did the 10 month cell core parasite protocol. I started it on December 1st of 2021, because I said to myself, I really need to understand what this process is like, how it works, how good I feel, everything if I'm going to ever recommend it. So I started on December 1st of 2021. And on January 6th, I passed my first parasite in the toilet and I saw it and I was like, I was so excited about it. I'm like, okay, we're killing them. They're getting out. It really works. It's so fascinating. And it's crazy because 70% of parasites you won't even see. And so mine, sadly, the ones that I really needed to kill, I didn't see, but those worms that I passed on the cruise ship, I was like, this is absolutely disgusting, but also so awesome. It is so awesome. I was just thinking of this weekend is the end of my cleanse. So a lot of times what I do on Saturday night is a liver and gallbladder flush, which is just another like amazing thing to get stuff out of you and to be able to see what comes out of you. So I may do that again on Saturday night. I don't know if you've ever done one of those, but they're so powerful. I have because of the damage that entamoeba histolytica did to my liver. I can't do like really intense liver things maybe in a couple of years, but I do take clients through liver flushes and they are some powerful stuff, but you really have to be prepared emotionally for the release. You do. So it's, it's, that's one of the reasons I do at the end of my cleanse. Because you spent two weeks loving your liver. I spent all of last week, Leanne, honestly, being like irritable, annoyed, angry, crabby. It's because my liver is like getting some love and all of it's being released. The toxicity and that cellular energy that you hold on to, it is so real. The emotion in your liver. It's crazy. I'm fascinated every time I do it. You know what? It's funny. My husband has become so in tune with me over the last 15 years that when I get liver angry. He can point it out. He's like, are you doing something to your liver again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I started a new supplement, whatever. <laughs> so- right. right. I love that. That's so good. So a little bit ago, you were talking about strength training and you mentioned you don't care if it's like body weight, slow and controlled. Are there certain things that we need to be looking at with a proper training program? I know that there there's like two camps of people. One camp that's like, tell me the bare minimum to do to like just get by. And the other camp is convincing them that rest days are essential. So how do you, what's kind of your approach with the strength training pieces? Yeah. So I always say if I could get every one of my clients strength training at least twice per week and walking at least 10,000 steps a day, I'd be happy. So to me, strength training is so, so about quality over quantity. I see a lot of people going to the gym and just wasting a ton of time. And so people may be thinking, okay, Kristen, but then I don't really know what to do. I mean, let me be clear. I am not a personal trainer, but I am a professional bodybuilder and I have hired personal trainers to help me for so many years. So I have a good sense of what to do. And that is you could work your entire body. If you do this efficiently, you can work your entire body and put yourself through a really, really good challenging workout in 30 minutes. And so I'll time-lapse these and put these on my Instagram on occasion just to like give people some inspo and I'll do them as posts just to get people to see what some of the moves are because who wants to sit there and watch a 30-minute video? No one, but you can watch it on time-lapse and be like, okay, this move, this move, this move. But it's really about whatever exercise that you're in, really only having to do that particular exercise one time to total failure. 
So by way of example, I may start out doing some split leg squats where I have one leg in front of the other, where you're almost, you know, my left leg is in front, my right leg is in back, and I'm going down in a squat, but I'm counting down for 10, holding at the bottom for 10 and counting up for 10. Okay. You're not going to be able to do more than like eight of those before you want to kill everyone in sight. (laughs) They hurt. And then when you get to the next leg, it's even more painful. And so if you have, you know, a workout buddy or a partner, or you can just challenge yourself to really count and stay in that, that's a really good way to destroy your legs. And then you might go immediately into doing like a wall sit. And you might start with 30 seconds. And in the next workout, you may try to go to 45 seconds. And the next workout, a minute. And see if you can work your way up to two minutes of a wall sit. But then even something for your upper body, like a push-up, if you're even having a hard time even pushing up at all, you can start from the top position of a push-up and just go down and count down slowly for 10. And then pick yourself back up again and count down slowly for 10 and just do the negative. And that will help you build a tremendous amount of lean muscle tissue and see if you can do eight to 10 of those. But thinking about how can I get myself to full, full fatigue in whatever this exercise is, and then immediately go on to the new exercise. That's what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. Yeah, that's that one's so hard for me. I often notice I'll be on my second set and I'll be like, I'm just pushing these things out. I'm not even, you know, to like really slow down. And it's amazing how much more fatigued you can be when you just take your time yeah. on the eccentric part of the movement. So. Yeah, thank you for saying that too, because one thing people don't realize is because we have this concentric and eccentric part. But when you, I, I say, I'm not going to the gym to lift weights. I'm going to the gym to lower weights. Lower them. <laughs> <laughs> because the lowering, is like, I don't know if I read it's like you're 40% stronger or 30%. It's a substantial amount stronger that you are on the negatives than you are on the positives. And so many people miss that amazing benefit that they get in the, that they could get in the gym by just always focusing on the actual curl instead of the lowering part or the actual shoulder press instead of the lowering part. Like, don't just think of the pushing, think of the down as well. Oh, that sound of magic. I just shook a packet of Element Recharge watermelon salt in your ear. And if you're anything like me, you just salivated because you know that your body needs copious amounts of sodium to maintain your ketogenic diet. Now, sodium is the body's great solvent. It's a primary alkalizer. It's regulated by the adrenal glands, aka aldosterone, actually. It regulates the blood pressure. It increases heart rate. It maintains fluid balance and maintains pH levels. It also influences stomach acid levels. So if you don't have enough sodium, you're not going to be making stomach acid. You're going to be welcoming in parasites and all those sorts of things. I say to my clients, think of your stomach acid like the initial wall that stops all those little critters from getting in. Sodium also influences cellular membrane permeability and so much more. In addition, it's not just sodium you're going to find in element electrolytes. You're also going to find 200 milligrams of potassium. Did you know that the average body needs about 3,000 milligrams of potassium per day? I challenge you today to look at your food log and see how little potassium you're eating on a daily basis. This is a primary solvent mineral just like sodium, 
It's an intracellular mineral. It regulates the blood pressure with sodium. It maintains fluid balance, pH levels of the body. It influences cellular membrane permeability. It sensitizes the cell to thyroid hormone. So if you're having issues with your thyroid, the number one mineral you need to be thinking about is potassium. It also influences nerve conduction of the heart. It lowers heart rate, it dilates arteries, and so many good things. So I just went through two of the three main minerals in Element Electrolytes. Now, what I love about Element Electrolytes is the flavor. They're really salty with a thousand milligrams of sodium per serving. The stuff is good. I have it in my water bottle beside me. Now, I've been sharing Element for at least two years. I love this stuff. And Element has been so gracious with the offer for our listeners You get a sample pack with any of your orders on Element. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors and decide that watermelon salt is your favorite. No, I'm just kidding. It's my personal favorite. I love it. Same with the raspberry one, but you get to try them and let me know what you think. You can get yours by going to drinklmnt.com slash KDP. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K. K-L-M-N-T dot com slash K-D-P to get your single serving packets for free with any order. Try it totally risk-free and if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back, no questions asked. You really have nothing to lose and everything to gain so you can shake, shake your element along with me. I always carry it around in my purse. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine my keto life without it. Yeah, it's so hard because you want to be out of the uncomfortableness that is whatever you're doing. You're like, if I just get to 12, then it's good. So boom, 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 boom. And I see people doing it. I do it. And I'm always having, even this morning, I was doing shoulder press and I was like, Leanne, stay focused, start counting like three seconds, at least give yourself three seconds on the eccentric because it's just, we're in these uncomfortable places. And I like, I like the idea of the squatting and just, oh my gosh, 10 seconds sounds. It's torture. I made a face for sure. (laughs) You did. But on the, on the counting down on the eccentric, like you mentioned, I think if people could just start with two and four, two up, four down. So you're going, you're taking twice as long to go down that you are to go up on any exercise. And that could make a huge difference alone. You'll get that much more muscular benefit just by slowing down on the down. Yes. The tempo is everything. Okay. So we've talked a lot about body composition, weight, what are some of the signs of like maximum productivity and health outside of how you look? We talked a little bit about sleep. Yes, benefits. I love this question. Like, yeah. What are we looking at outside of, oh, my body looks so great? Because <laughs> that, that takes time. Like we're talking years of progression and consistency. So what are we looking at in the short term to know that we're on the right track? How are we seeing maximum productivity and health on a week-to-week basis as we progress? That's a great question. I'm going to categorize it in three things. Number one, what is your energy like? Do you have energy? Do you have slumps in the afternoon? Are you like falling asleep at your desk as you're working? Or do you have consistent energy throughout the day? So that's one. And that has to do with blood sugar, how you're feeding yourself, whether or not you are exercising enough to actually earn your sleep so that you actually get tired when you're sleeping and feel refreshed. So energy is one. Number two, I would say your moods, because moods is huge. I mean, if you're feeling 
brighter and happier. You're doing something right in terms of your lifestyle practices and your nutrition. And then three, I would say, and this is such a big one, is cravings. Where are your cravings? Because your cravings tell you a lot about what is the state of my microbiome? What is the state of my blood sugar? How am I doing on my sleep? What, you know, your moods are related to your cravings. So all of those things I think are interconnected, but I think just energy, mood, and cravings are three things to really take an honest look at and to say to yourself, how am I doing in those categories? Setting aside how I look naked, you know, (laughs) setting aside that piece of it. What are those three things doing? And every time I do the cleanse, I'm always fascinated that things like an apple or raspberries taste sweet, right? It's like I get away from reaching for the easy protein bar or I'm on vacation and I have the dessert, or you keep wanting the piece of chocolate or something after a meal, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I have dark chocolate around the house all the time because I love it. But we get in these habits of reaching for the more hyper palatable stuff, typically to elevate our mood, to get us out of a cranky situation, to alleviate boredom, to help us avoid whatever task we don't want to have to do in that moment. So it's really asking ourselves sort of what is it the reason that I'm doing this? Where is this craving coming from? And then and then how am I doing with my energy and my moods? Yes, completely, completely. I want to end our conversation talking about the holidays coming up because we're a couple of days from Thanksgiving. Then we're going to be going into Christmas. Really in America, you guys are so strange that you have your holidays so close together. It is very stressful. It's like one full month of activities and eating. Do you have any tips for individuals that are getting quite nervous? Like we just had Halloween. And now we're into Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and then New Year's. Like, what is your approach for your clients and even yourself when it comes to navigating this time of year? Yeah, I love this question because it's something that every single person struggles with around this time of year, whether they have quote unquote food issues or not, whether they're trying to quote unquote lose weight or not. It's just a difficult time of year because there is no shortage of temptation and things to allow us to have hedonic deviations, you know, right and left. So I would say, again, I'm going to probably, there's probably only three things, but there may be more. Number one is it's really, really, really important to stay hydrated because one of the things that I find over and over and over again with clients is that's one of the first things to go. And I've read, and I don't know if this percentage is true, but I've read that something like 70% of the time we think we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. So I tell clients, if you think you're hungry, go and drink a glass of water preferably with a little bit of electrolytes in it, and then wait 15 minutes and see if you still are hungry. Because chances are you won't be after you've now had that water. So staying hydrated is huge. Bring your water when you go to the social events. Have it with you when you're at these parties and make sure you have electrolytes as well. That's number one. Number two is really make sure you're staying on top of your protein. And don't Along with that, I think this is kind of in the same tip. So stay on top of your protein, but don't go to parties hungry. Don't go to family events hungry. Don't go there starving. Have something with protein. Bring a protein shake with you. Have some chicken and veggies before you leave the house. Do something where it's going to be a lot easier for you to resist the temptation when you're wherever you're getting because there's going to be no shortage of temptations. So it's really making sure that you're hitting your protein goals. The protein leverage hypothesis, you guys, is a real thing. It's the scientific principle that your body will continue essentially to look for food until you've met your protein needs. And newsflash, as we get older, especially women, as we get older, we need more protein. And it's the one thing that women eat less of and less of and less of. Unfortunately, you see these little old ladies having like toast with butter on it. And it's like, no, that's we need more, 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 more. 
So protein is a huge one. And then the third thing I would say is really work hard to stick to some kind of exercise routine. Because the thing that I see people get demotivated by is it's like, oh, I ate all this crap. Now I feel like garbage. Now I don't want to work out. And it becomes this like negative feedback loop where now you're eating more sugary things or more temptation things to get yourself out of the frustration or the guilt or shame you're feeling that you didn't get to the gym that day. So really staying committed to some sort of movement and strength training regimen, I think is a huge hugely important thing during the holiday season. Yes. Couldn't agree with you more. The access to protein options when you're out and about is so incredibly sad. Even if you try your best, it will not be enough. It will, it will never be enough. I agree with you. I tell clients, I'm like, I want you. So, so some of my go-to protein snacks, when you're out and about, you can always buy if people like, I, I love it, but do you ever have biltong? Oh yeah. That stuff is delicious. Right. And so like a packet of biltong is about 30 grams of protein and 160 calories. It's literally straight dried meat. It's a South African tradition and dried meat is way better than beef jerky, in my opinion. But I like that you can have it on the go and it's an easy source of protein because you can only eat so many beef sticks before you're like, ugh. But biltong is a little bit easier. And then, you know, I know it's hard for a lot of people to do dairy, but of course, yogurt's really easy on the go with some protein powder. And there are a lot of different non-dairy yogurts available now. I mean, some of them have gums and other fillers in them, which is unfortunate, but there are some alternatives. And I tell people, if you don't know whether you're sensitive, whether it's dairy or whether it's just cow's milk dairy, there's some really tasty sheep's milk and goat's milk dairy yogurts, and you can add some protein powder to those. And then of course, if people can tolerate eggs, the hard boiled eggs, taking a few of those with you, it's not enough protein, but I say eggs, three eggs and a couple of meat sticks will get you over that threshold. Yes, completely. And I'm the girl who always says, I'll bring dessert so that so that I have a dessert there to eat. And I don't feel like I'm missing out. And I'm bringing something that's healthier that I can eat. So I don't feel like, oh, look at all these other people eating the things that I can't have. Um, I always find that to be just like a good motivating piece. Thank you so much for saying that. Because that was the other one I was thinking of that I forgot to mention, which is bring your own dessert because, and you don't even have to tell people it's a healthy or a low carb dessert, or it has stevia in it or monk fruit instead of sugar. Don't don't care. No, No, don't even tell them because then people are going to be like, I don't want your weird healthy dessert. You don't yeah. even know it's healthy. Yeah. And they're always like, like, give me the recipe. This is delicious. I'm like, do you actually want it? Because right. there's no sugar in that and you're saying it's good. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so good. No, that's a huge one. And then the other thing is when you actually get to the event or when you're having your Thanksgiving meal or whatever, as annoying as it sounds, the order of operations in which you eat your food, of course, matters. And I I wear a CGM all the time and I test this all the time. If you eat your salad first and then you eat your turkey, and then if you want after like some sweet potato or whatever it is, we often do Brussels sprouts and bacon, which are so delicious on Thanksgiving now. So I'll do the salad, the Brussels and bacon, the turkey, and then I'll have some sweet potato and then whatever the healthy dessert is that I brought. Yes. In that order of operations really makes a difference. I'm not wearing a CGM right now, but do wear it often. And I've found time and time and time again, if you start with the sweet potatoes, it'll spike it up pretty good. (laughs) It's wild. It really matters. And my clients are always like, really? It matters what order. And I said, just try it. And a lot of my clients will get the CGM and they'll wear it and they can't believe it. It's so fascinating. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, Kristen, this was so great to get to catch up and learn from you and just have a really good conversation. Where can people learn more about you and connect with you all the places? So my Instagram is probably one where I'm most active on and that is MN Golden Girl. So it's MN for Minnesota and then Golden because 
I have three golden retrievers who I just love so much. So I, I talk about them on social media a lot. That's the biggest one. My website is energeticallyefficient.com. And then I'm Kristen Rowell, my name on LinkedIn. And I have a Facebook page too that I'm not as active on. But I will say, I also have a cookbook that was recently released. And so that's called Eating Efficiently. And there's a link to purchase that through my Instagram page. And it's a great, of course, holiday gift with the holidays coming up. I'd love for people to check that out. Awesome. And I will include the link to your book and your website in the show notes. Kristen, thanks again for coming on the show today. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. I had so much fun. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Kristen. Again, her website is energeticallyefficient.com and her Instagram at mngoldengirl. And then a little reminder here on the sale that I'm doing. If you go to healthfulpursuit.com slash shop or just healthfulpursuit.com and look for that shop icon at the top right, use the code cyber, C-Y-B-E-R on all the things to get 40% off. And if you have any questions, that bottom right icon on any of those pages, you can connect with me, ask me questions, would love to just help guide you on what product might be best depending on your goals. So have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 